to do that again, any of you who are looking forward to that. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, anyway, onward ho. Um, my hope in, first, first, well, maybe first question before any of that, is this a good graphic or a bad graphic? How, grammar people, if you hate it, raise your hands. People who text all the time, raise your hand if you kind of like it. Sort of? Okay, just, just got to check these things. Every now and then you got to take a little poll. I thought it was the greatest graphic ever, and sometimes these things don't land. I, I said, Anna, look at my graphic, and I showed it to her on Facebook, and she's like, nobody has liked it, and there's just one crying face there. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, that's bad news. That's bad stuff. So, uh, you know, what can I say? Uh, apparently I don't always connect with these things. But uh, Abby gave me great encouragement. She said, it's hip enough. The young people like it, but old people still know what it means. <laughs> so, so thankful for you there, Abby. That was, uh, that was very encouraging. Um, anyway, it's Thanksgiving. We want to give thanks to the Lord. In the context of where we've been talking, uh, we're sort of deviating a little bit, but kind of within the same framework uh, from our, our sermon series on the church, talking about uh, why we gather, uh, what our sort of big picture vision for us as a community is, but uh, last week we sort of hunkered down in this uh, concept of encountering Jesus, and in particular the encounter that we have with Jesus in worship. And of course, what wasn't Abby and, and the team, weren't they great, uh, great this morning? Abby really did a great job leading without her dad there. It was really good. Just a little birdie uh, being pushed out of her nest, and, and she's did, she did a fantastic job. Uh, but we gather to give thanks, we gather to worship God and, and to connect with Him, and, uh, and there's a couple of things that we're always looking for in worship, and we mentioned these last week. Uh, we, we, in particular, focused on this idea of intimacy. And if you remember from last week, we shared the story of the woman who was, uh, her name was Mary. She was a friend of Jesus. Her brother was Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead. Right? Do you remember that story in the scriptures? And, uh, I mean, what a story that is. We see Jesus' heart poured out. Uh, as he as he prays for this person, and, and Lazarus is raised, and then a couple of days later, they're having this dinner in Jesus' honor to just celebrate the the resurrection of Lazarus. And Mary is just overcome with gratitude in that moment, and and she breaks open a vial of perfume that's worth like a, a year's wages, and just dumps it out on Jesus' feet and begins to wipe his feet with her hair, like she's just. I can't imagine a more intimate and a more uh, sort of costly and, and invested way of worshiping Jesus, right? She's in a room full of Pharisees and Jesus' disciples, and, and it, it's, a, it's a huge mix of people. There's some people that are criticizing her for this wasteful act of worship and, and, and that whole swirl, but, but in the middle of that, at the very heart of it, is this incredible intimacy where she is alone with Jesus in a room full of people. And that's a piece of what we look for as we worship together, right? As a church, as we learn to encounter Jesus, we're trying to uh, create this space where we're all together alone with Jesus. Right? All together alone with Jesus. And we see this in Ephesians, and we see it in Colossians, where uh, uh, Paul calls people to gather together and sing to God. And he talks about how that singing to God is instructive for the community. So as you pour your heart out to God community is taught through that and you are taught through the worship of the community so there's something about worship that is sort of edifying to a whole community when it's gathered but it's not for us it's for God yet somehow we are absolutely blessed in it 
We're absolutely transformed in it. We're, we're taught in it. We're instructed. And Paul uses really strong language in those passages about instruction. So there's that piece of worship, that sense of intimacy and that sense of aloneness with God and, and, and focus with him. Now, if you're honest with me, in, in a group dynamic like that, that's, that's kind of challenging, isn't it? Right? It's, it's challenging uh, to, to just sort of let go of, of our self-consciousness, to let go of our sense of, uh, of self, our, our sense that people are, are watching us. But all the while, you know, Paul calls us to do this together, to just struggle through that and to wrestle through that and to find ourselves together before the throne of God. And so that's a beautiful piece of it. And the other piece of it that's uh, challenging for us, I think, is, is praise. Right, there's that intimate act of worship that is, is uh, like you and Jesus, heart to heart and face to face. And, and that's like so important for us to have those intimate moments as we gather in worship. But then there's also this expression of just gratitude and thanks to God. Where we're just outside of ourselves, like, and it's like a football game. Right? Like, I, I mean, Ottawa won yesterday it was pretty good we didn't think it was going to happen but Harris pulled it off and, uh, and 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 they won it was a good football game and did did any of the fans cheer at all at that just maybe one or two Woo, Jesus <laughs> hallelujah God you're so good like our praises are so wimpy Come on, our praises are wimpy. They are wimpy and weak and anemic and poor. If we're honest, we're very, very much Canadian about all this, aren't we? Very reserved and quiet, have it all together. Now, on the other hand, do we want to hype it up and fake it and, and do something that's, that's totally phony and religious? But we don't want to do that either, right? So what we want to do as people is continually, uh, to, the, to the best of our ability, go, grow free in, in, in our passion to worship God and to express outside of us what has happened inside of us, right? We want what is outside of us to be the same as what is inside of us. So a, a call to praise, a call to worship is a call to integrity, so when we worship God and we praise him, what we're doing is we're saying this thing inside of us out loud. We're saying it before God. We're saying it before community. And our praise is our testimony. Right? Our praise is a testimony. And so how do you unpack that in the scriptures? How do we experience it together? Um, we, we don't want to hype it up. We don't want to fake it. We don't want to adopt another religious subculture that doesn't fit here. But at the same time, I would say, would you be honest with me and say that maybe we might have to just repent a little bit because what is inside of us isn't showing as it ought to be if we're honest. It doesn't show. It doesn't show here in this place where we praise and worship together because we're too self-conscious. And it doesn't show in terms of how we tell our story in the world, how we tell the Jesus story, how we uh, tell his story in the coffee shops, how we tell his story through outreach, how we tell his story in the workplace and in the schools, right? All of that goodness that Jesus has done in us as, as Canadians, as people, is very much more bottled up than it ought to be. Would you agree? Can we just, just as a community, just share in a moment of repentance around that? Can we just pray together about that for a minute?
Let's do that. Let's just pray. Lord, we confess that we are self-conscious. We confess that all too often our eyes are on us. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would uh, allow us to become people of integrity who are connected with the magnitude of what you've done inside of us and connected with the magnitude of who you are in the universe and that we continually as people would live to show that forth in our words and in our actions. We repent for placing ourselves above that purpose. We say we're still gone. Would you grow us and teach us and lead us in that, we pray. Teach us to be people who give thanks, who testify and testify and testify and testify to the goodness of God in our lives. Every one of us. Set us free, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so we have in Psalm 136 this incredible uh, picture. It's really a liturgy that's uh, also been used in the church time and time again. In Psalm 136, famous song. There have been lots of songs written about it. Give thanks to the Lord is good. His love endures forever. How many of you are familiar with that, that pattern in the scriptures? Let's just read uh, the first six verses of that together. And then, um, then we'll just unpack it. But I'm going to ask you guys to read it with me instead of me just reading it to you. So can we do that? And can you think we could even stand up and do that? And let's do this as a liturgy. I wasn't planning on this. Um, but let me read, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And you repeat back to me his love endures forever. And I'll give, do give thanks to the God of gods and you repeat back to me his love endures forever. Okay? So I'll lead and you guys follow. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of hosts. To him alone who does great wonders. Who by his understanding made the heavens. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. His love endures forever. He loves us. His love endures forever. Be seated for a moment. Now, that was the end of my sermon. And this is where you start. This is where we share our testimony and we share our thanks in this. And so here's what we're going to do. In that phrase, in that pattern, in, in Psalm 136, there's this sort of constant flow of us acknowledging something about the Lord or something that he's done and responding by saying his love endures forever. Theologically, by the way, uh, in the ancient world, that idea of a God who loves was just absolutely mind-blowing. Right? There were not gods who love. Tying the word love to uh, a God was just completely mind-blowing, a, a, a completely Hebrew concept that God introduced himself to his people as a God of love. So people would, uh, would, would do things for God and celebrate something that God has done, and they would offer an offering in hopes that he wouldn't take it away. Right? But we offer thanks knowing that it's him who initiates and him who's done it, him who, who gives. Like, like, he's so awesome. And the foundation of his generosity is his love. He isn't generous because of the stuff we did for him, the sacrifices we made, all of that, right? The generosity flows from his nature, from who he is. Just theologically important to place that. But let's just say this. Uh, to him who, 
And then you, I want you to just share a little testimony. Two or three words if you want. Uh, a phrase if you want. Uh, a one-minute story if you want of something that the Lord has done in your life. The Lord set me free from addiction. The Lord blessed me with a new car when mine was broken. The Lord... Whatever it is that you want to thank the Lord for, be it something deep in terms of some of the inner workings of your heart, be it something really practical, being a, a miracle that you've experienced in the past, be it an encounter with him that you had uh, through, the, through his word in this last week, whatever it is, I'm just going to read to him who, and then I want to do pop-up testimonies where you will stand and you will say something, and then we'll all respond, his love endures forever. You think we could do that? That's, that's a little out of our comfort zone. Think we could do that though? I think we could do it. I think we could do it. So let me just say this. To him who, and one of you is going to stand up. He healed her broken heart. And we all say, his love endures forever. To him who... who's in the midst of healing his broken heart, his love endures forever. To him who created nature and all beauty, his love endures forever. To him who provided you with an awesome mother. I'm just repeating these back so everybody can, can hear. His love endures forever. To him who Amen. Amen. I'm going to own that one and everybody heard it. Uh, his love endures forever. To him who Amen. 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 That's awesome. Give thanks to the Lord who shows us that he heals today. His love endures forever. To him who gives us wonderful health, gives us wonderful health his love endures forever. To him who gives our lives purpose, his love endures forever. To him who Who forgives all of our sins, his love endures forever. To him who provides all that we need, provides all that we need his love endures forever. And we could do this all day, all day. I'm going to ask for a couple of uh, little bit more involved testimonies. And he doesn't know I'm going to do this, but I'm going to ask you to share a story of healing. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, take your pick, man. I had lunch with Mark. I, I, I didn't know him very well. This is Jacob's dad. Give him a big hand. And, and he just began to share with me a, a number of stories that from his childhood, from his father's ministry, things that he's seen in terms of the works of the Lord, healing and touching people. And, uh, and I just thought it'd be brilliant to, to just hear a story. <laughs> right now. <laughs> You can grab the cordless if you want, Barry. I'll jump on it. Wow. 
Well, good morning. Uh, this is a total shock. Uh, I'm normally on the other end of this, so um, anyway. I'm Jacob's dad, as Aaron said. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, my, my dad was a minister, and uh, I think it skipped a generation, as you've all seen with Jacob. So we're thrilled, and I'm not going to do this for a living by any stretch. But um, some of the stuff my dad saw and uh, that the Lord showed my dad, I think are worth repeating, and, and uh, um, if it helps somebody else, great. Um, throughout the years, we, we moved around quite a bit, and uh, we, he was a United Church minister, put it in the context, but he was not a typical United Church minister. We won't get into all that, though. Um, uh, anyway, the, the, there were several instances that uh, I guess I'll just, I'll, I'll tell you two anyway. Go for it. Um, when we moved to London, Ontario, we were in a, a it, was a, it wasn't a, a super nice neighborhood, and the church um, had had some problems with vandalism and such, and uh, over the years, God had shown my dad to pray scripture and pray the angels of protection around our house, around our church, around our family, and, and I still do that to this day. I still think that's very important, and, I, and this is a, a very specific example of uh, just there's no other explanation. Um, when we moved there, they had problems with vandalism. My dad started praying for the church and didn't have a problem. And for 14 years, we were there. Uh, one day, um, the, um, there was a sign out front. It was a typical church that had the sign out front and has, you know, this week and the sermon and all that and had the little pegboard letters and such. It got damaged. And uh, vandals broke the glass or whatever, and so we weren't sure what was going on. And, and and nothing had happened. And then um, Monday morning, the city workers come along and say, um, you know that sign out front, your church sign? Well, it's on city property. You need to move that. They moved it three feet back and never had a problem after that. Like, is that coincidence? I, I don't know. So anyway, that was just an important concept that I felt was worth repeating. Is, is, is Pray the angels of protection. It still is a valid uh, tool that we can use, Absolutely. Um, the only other example, I'll keep it short, uh, we were up at, a, I was actually just looking at this yesterday, we used to go to this uh, Christian um, camp up north of uh, Huntsville, it's called Lingerlong Lodge, it was, used to be a hunting camp, ended up being a Christian retreat center, and we'd be up there, for, my parents would go there all the time, and I was there one time, and uh, there was, a, the spirit of healing was there, very clearly. And the uh, methodology that, what, that God showed my dad was someone who had issues or whatever would sit in a chair and he would ask them to hold out their hands and, and um, line them up and he would pray. And, they, and he ended up praying for me because I was whatever. And uh, visibly, I, here, I'm not going to be able to do this. basically went through the same thing. But I, I know that God is real. And, and if God can do that instantaneously, like, and just arm, grow. This isn't, you know, this isn't fake. This isn't us stretching or whatever. This is just real. It's just mind-boggling. So uh, I think the bottom line is just God is still very real. He loves you. And uh, he can still do, as you said, he can still do miracles. Because that was about 20 years ago. So it's still happening in real time. Absolutely. So anyway, awesome. say thanks to Mark. I'm going to I'm going to ask Mama T to come up here. This is a beautiful 
This is a beautiful woman of faith, and she's going to speak in faith right now, but she's got so many amazing stories of stuff that the Lord has done. And I, I promise you, any of you who are sweating and worried that I'm going to pick you next, she's the last, so that's good. Oh, is it not turned oh, on? Thank, thank goodness, it's off. No, no, we'll turn it on. Don't worry. I don't know where to start. Um, I've had many, many miracles happen in my life, but I, I could say one of them um, would be that how, um, I mean, I, I was married before for 45 years on Thanksgiving weekend, and... Um, I was, uh, and then my, after 45 years, my husband abandoned me, and uh, I was, um, I, I had to learn how to forgive and let go, but through that, you know, I always look at when things like that happen in our lives, there's always something good that happens out of every sad or bad situation, and uh, on on, when I moved from Ottawa and I moved to Carlton Place and um, I asked my lawyer if, um, if, he would, if he knew of a good church to come to. And uh, he's, he was a Christian lawyer that I had and I was going through a divorce. And I asked him... Uh, for a good church, and he says, oh, my daughter goes to OVV, and he gave me Aaron's name and phone number, and so I went home, and uh, I called Aaron, and I said, so what time is church? I'd like to check this out, and because I came from a Pentecostal, first background, Catholic, Pentecostal, and um, so now OVV, so I came to church and it's just unbelievable like as soon as I arrived there who do I meet in the parking lot Aaron and so he says you must be Teresa <laughs> so we uh, so we walked in together and um, lo and behold this is where I met my husband Harley our Aaron's father and uh, I'm just so happy and thankful for that that I am in a beautiful Christian family and, um, and full of love and acceptance of me. So I thank God every day for that. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Endures forever. His love endures forever. <laughs> 